Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today Dr. Roni is back on the show to discuss rapid injury recovery. And this is a really fun interview because it's so applicable for not just the athletes who are listeners, but the average individual. Maybe you had a car accident injury, maybe you hurt your back lifting something, or just some other kind of casual injury. He really provides some phenomenal tips to significantly reduce the recovery process. We talk about the impact of nutrition, specific supplements he recommends, specific treatments that can be so impactful. And then we also talk about tips for pain relief, natural tips for pain relief. And then lastly, the importance of sleep in the recovery process. Why getting quality sleep at certain times is so, so critical. So this is just going to be a jam-packed episode of information, and I really hope each and every one of you enjoys it. If you do, please consider sharing it with a loved one who you think could benefit from this information as well. Well, Dr. Roni, welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Yeah, I always love being here. And today we're pivoting a little bit. We're talking more about maybe what your expertise has been in the past, mm-hmm. which is really injury recovery, athletes, athletic performance. For sure. And today we're really going to focus on rapid injury recovery or just optimizing that recovery process. Yep. And just to sort of set the stage for the listeners, I want to ask in general, how much faster do you think people could be recovering? if they were really optimizing their diet, their lifestyle, their recovery process versus if they're not doing that. Yeah, I I would say uh, in one word, significantly. Significantly, the learning curve, if you will, will go from months and and months and months to potentially weeks to a a, a month or Mm -hmm. two months. It just depends on the injury, of course, but there's no question optimal health is definitely gonna lead to optimal healing. But then there are strategies, which we'll talk about, that are gonna optimize. So the athletes that I work with, I always look at this from an athlete standpoint because they're so determined to get back on the field, they'll do anything, right? So their rate of recovery is going to be, and their time and energy put into it is gonna be super aggressive, which lessens the the time frame, of course. But we as lay people can still learn a ton from that um, and we can borrow strategies 
from that as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Does that make sense? And I think that's so encouraging to hear because, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, without anything, without any optimization, your recovery is going to be six months. But if you super, super optimize, it'll be five and a half months. That's not what we're saying here. No, no, no. Significant. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are times, uh, athlete wise, when some of these strategies, uh, will go over, um, say a, a break, you know, I, I know a, uh, an athlete that had a, a break in their tibia, which is part of their, uh, their lower leg bones, right? Um, or I'm sorry, the fibula it was. And anyway, that was roughly a three to four month, maybe longer time period. They were back in eight weeks on the field wow. playing. Wow. Now, they weren't 100%, but they were on the field playing and there's no more damage they could have done because it's bone. It just was continually healing. But they're on the back on the field in you know six to eight weeks as opposed to four or five months. Mm-hmm. That's significant. And some of the strategies that we'll talk about and the energy and time too. So that's a that's another factor is the amount of time that they can devote yeah. to the rehab process. Mm-hmm. So, And I think what I really want, because I imagine the majority of the people listening probably aren't competitive athletes. Sure. And so it's sort of a no-brainer for those competitive Absolutely. athletes why you want to optimize. Exactly. But I mean, on a daily basis, people yeah. are injuring their backs. Yeah. And they're pulling a muscle, just doing general exercises. Yep. And then it can be really disheartening to feel like, great, now I can't exercise for three months because I hurt my back or whatever it is. Yeah. And so this information is absolutely applicable. Oh no, without question. For the everyday person too. Absolutely, and we'll make it that way too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll make it so, so let's dive into it because having been an athlete personally myself, having had many, many injuries on the field and off the field. Yeah, me too. I can also say really, unfortunately, between athletic trainers and physical therapists and doctors, when I would break a bone or sprain a muscle, the only advice I was really getting is, you know, ice on and off for the first couple of days and then stay off of it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And even as a lay person, I already know there's so much more I could be doing, Yep. but it's almost laughable. Yeah. No, no, no. Very, (laughs) very true. There, there is that general like, Hey, do this or this. And then there's a plan, Mm -hmm. you know, again, not, not to be, but my, my mentality is always, what can we do to minimize the downside and maximize the upside, right? So what's my objective? What is the plan? What are the action steps that are going to create that? And typically, if we think that way, especially with these with injuries, we will have a desired outcome most of the time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and again, you know, the, the body itself, how your body is functioning is really a big factor in, in determining how you how quickly you're going to heal as well, mm-hmm. right? So let's dive into some of the additional factors, yeah. right? We've already established, okay, yeah, you can ice a little bit, you know, sure. obviously stay off it. Yep. But what are some of the overarching factors that mm-hmm. we can also be optimizing? And then sure. I want to dive into each of those a little bit more. Yeah, so so I'll set the stage with, I'll give the a quick story. When I first started in sports medicine, athletic training, rehab, and chiropractic, right? What I realized quickly was that patients were coming to me with these injuries, but they also weren't metabolically healthy, mm-hmm. right? So the point I'll make is I would see patients over and over and over again, and I was really a Band-Aid for those patients. But what I realized is I needed to do more from inside out to be able to reduce their inflammation, get blood flow better, get better oxygenation, things like that. And if, if I was able to do that, 
uh, and do the physical part with them, they healed. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just doing the physical with somebody that's unhealthy, it's a long, long process if ever the healing takes place. And a, an important note there is you can look fit right. and be very unhealthy no. internally. And metabolically, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I when I was kind of doing a little bit of uh, writing down for this podcast um, or making notes, I should say, you know, I'm looking at patients with autoimmune conditions and diabetes and poor blood flow and, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, what that does too the lack of oxygen, the lack of blood flow, you know, the inflammatory process in the body, it's going to be hard to heal if that environment is set up that mm -hmm. way. It's going to be slow. And again, if ever, because it'll be a lingering problem yeah. for, for the long haul. So the one thing that I, I, I always talk about is what you put into your body absolutely matters. The low inflammatory type of paleo, you know, diets that we talk about on the podcast mm -hmm. constantly making sure you're getting the exercise in, making sure you're taking your anti-inflammatory supplements, which uh, we'll get to here, but doing something ahead of time, really, to set the environment up that you do get hurt, which is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. It just, no matter how healthy or no matter how strong and everything else, then the recovery is going to be much easier. Or when you do get injured, that should be a part of it. So with my athletes, you know, there's a lot of training on mechanics and a lot of like, I'm in baseball, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of pitching training and a lot of hitting training. There's not a lot of diet and metabolic. What what can we do to keep inflammation down in the body so we get hurt less? Mm -hmm. And what are we doing with our workout routine that we're more flexible, more mobile, more pliable? And, and I probably mentioned it before, but if you want to really look at who's doing this really, really well is Tom Brady, yeah. right? He's the man. <laughs> like he literally, what he puts into his body, impeccable. Now, we, I, I, I get it. That's an aggressive, this is an aggressive example. But his training is based on pliability and lengthening of tissues. That way, when he gets hit, he has give, mm -hmm. right? He's not tight and rigid. And then he does recovery. And I'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And... Um, you know, he, he, he's just, he's kind of putting it all together to where his body is recovering every day at a cellular level, mm -hmm. right? Good oxygen, good blood flow, good, um, less inflammation, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a big deal with this stuff too. Right? And it sounds like just from what you're saying, kind of the three key areas here that we can be doing additional optimization is nutrition, supplementation, and then just your workouts, treatments. what your workouts, workouts are. And then yeah. treatments yeah. too. You know, oh yeah, no question. There's a whole host of very supportive therapies that can significantly reduce the recovery Absolutely. time. Yep. So let's dive into nutrition yep. first. You right? got it. You've got someone, they come in with an injury, maybe it's a broken bone, maybe yeah. it's a sprained ankle. What are some of the things you're saying? Let's maybe put these on the shelf for a couple of weeks or yep. months and let's add this in. As far as nutrition? As far as nutrition. Yeah. I mean, the number one, the number one concept is I want inflammation low. If inflammation is low, healing is going to be much, much better. So we, we want to stay away from the glutens and the soys and the dairies and the corns and the, the things that are just known to be very inflammatory and try to eat as much, you know, I use the terminology you know, if you can't pick it or chase it, right? So try to eat off the land or Mediterranean or, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many concepts there. 
Okay, so let's dive into some of the treatments a little bit and we can cover some of the main things we offer sure. here and then yep. maybe some other additional things that an individual could do at home. Absolutely. Yeah, so in any rehab uh, plan, there's going to be passive modalities and what we call active. The first thing we're going to do is passive modalities, which means you basically just lay there and don't do anything, right? That could be things like hyperbaric oxygen, right? Hyperbaric is going to increase for sure your recovery time because it's going to provide an oxygenated environment. So tissues heal significantly under oxygen, right? So that's a biggie. Anytime, any type of like cold and compression at the same time. So nowadays they have compression boots and things that you can put on your arms and shoulders that add compression with ice going through them. That's a passive modality that definitely aids healing. You hear cryotherapy Mm -hmm. a lot and so forth. So that's a big one. Then you get into things like the chiropractic end of it, the massage end of it, acupuncture, right? Which we, we have here. So as an example, mobility is critical to injury healing. Mm-hmm. So massage work, when you're lengthening those muscle tissues around the area of the injury, or even if the muscles are injured themselves, the massage is going to create lengthening, which is then going to create so subtle tearing under the microscope, and the body heals well with that. The manipulations that chiropractors offer allows for mobility around the joint, right? So it's proven that the more mobile a joint is, the better the soft tissues heal. Mm. So that's why like after a car accident or after an injury, mobility is critical. So massage is one level of mobility. Stretching is another level of mobility. But chiropractic allows for that, that ideal or optimal mobility without injuring tissue Mm -hmm. so it's a it's another critical element to the whole process um and then of course stretching and and things like that are 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 critical as well you'll get into and you'll see it in the rehab process electric stimulation or something called russian stim electric stim is just a pain reliever you put the pads on you put the electrical current in there it basically helps block pain but then there's uh advanced stimulation that help can help regenerate the muscle can help it build uh, strength again in the process. Is this different from PEMF, P-E-M-F? It is. It's different. Yeah. Um, PEMF is more of a electromagnetic field that uh, the body uses to help heal itself. This is direct electric stim. So if you put pads on Mm. and then you add the currents, the different wavelength and frequency can create a different outcome. Mm. So there's some that are just pain relievers and some that actually can help reform and rebuild the muscle. then you get into the stem cell thing. I wanted to touch on that. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a regenerative medicine, they call it, right? But um, what stem cells are, just so uh, you're, because I know I get this question all the time. It's, a, it's called a mesenchymal cell. And a mesenchymal cell can basically differentiate into a cartilage or bone tissue or ligament or what have you. And what it does is it basically helps heal the bone it, it develops you know new tissue so stem cells you're hearing that a lot mm-hmm. that can be injected into say a, a ligament of the knee and it could help it heal and recover and then there's exosomes so exosomes we talked about mesenchymal stem cells that's just the name you know the the cell but exosomes are smaller mesenchymal cells so they're they're smaller they can get to tissues easier and then they have a more rapid 
healing um, capability as well. So there's stem cells, there's exosomes, they're all part of this healing process to increase um, the rapidity, if you will, Mm -hmm. of healing. Um, So those are just some, some passive kind of modalities that can be used to get somebody going much, much quicker. Okay, so I have to ask a couple questions about the stem cells. One, is that something we offer here? Yes. Okay, and then two... As well as exosomes. As well as, Mm -hmm. okay, that's fantastic. And then when in your healing process would you do something like that? Is that something you're doing right in the beginning or do you need to wait for inflammation to go down a bit? Yeah, you know, typically the, the stem cell and the exosomes are used a lot of the times, not always. If a lot of things were done and this is a degenerative type of situation and we're trying to repair it and and allow it to build back up, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not like you would do it if I maybe tore a knee ligament or partial tear and I'm trying to rehab it. Stem cells and or exosomes, although they probably would be helpful, might not be the one you would go to right away. There's a cost involved and things like Mm -hmm. that. It's really the degenerative ones that need help, right? So I remember the late Kobe Bryant had a knee issue. He went to Germany, did stem cells, and did it because he needed that thing to recover mm-hmm. and recover rapidly so he can get back. And it worked really, mm-hmm. really well for him. So, yeah. And then can you also do stem cells for maybe like an old, old injury that never quite healed? That's what the regenerative doctors now do. Okay. They actually use stem cells, exosomes. They'll use peptides. There's one called BPC-57, 157. That's really, really good in the in the market today to help those degenerative conditions before somebody would either have to go through a replacement surgery or something like that to help it regenerate Mm -hmm. so that's that that there's a new a new phase of medicine called regenerative medicine and that's part of those peptides stem cells exosomes are part of that but they definitely i wanted to mention them because if if somebody's listening those are options to ask the doctors about right for sure exactly and we do offer two of those here the peptide we may offer that. I, you know what? I should have checked I on that. I feel like I've heard Dr. Keneally talk about so. peptides. I'm almost 100% sure. But if you're listening and you're wondering, just call. We'll yeah. let you know. But I'm yeah. almost 100% sure we offer that. Yeah. Okay. So mm. now a couple other questions. Yeah. Personally, myself, mm-hmm. I'm really into red and infrared light therapy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But this is the question I always have. I know red light increases ATP production in the cells. Yep. Infrared helps inflammation. Yep. But kind of the same question with stem cells, when in the recovery process would you use that? Yeah, I, I think any time, right? Okay. You know, because it's passive you, and you're just laying there getting that therapy done, it's fine. Uh-huh. It could be used from day one. And I would encourage that because it, it is going to allow for quicker healing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the modalities when we get into what they call active therapy, it's based on tolerance, right? So we have to get through a, a phase of healing that is appropriate enough to then go into this active, these active techniques, whether it's, you know, isometric contraction where we're just contracting the muscle but no movement of the joint, or doing what they call isotonic where we're taking the joint through um, a push-pull phase. Basically, it, it, it's a little bit that that's the easy way to say it. But it, there's all stages of it. But those passive modalities like infrared and and red light therapy and and hbot and you know compression and cairo and somebody's doing it for you Mm -hmm. so the quicker the better with all those for sure okay in an injury okay so then let's pivot a little bit more to those active ones yeah for sure 
at what point, how do you know when you're ready to maybe graduate towards some more active recovery? Yeah, if, if uh, mobility is restored. So that's the other thing. When I was rehabbing uh, hip and knee replacements, this is in the 90s, by the way, the, they had the surgery and then in in-house therapy, we would hook them up to mobility devices right away that night. That's after oh, wow. the surgery. And the, and the idea, again, goes back to more mobility. The more range of motion, uh, the better. Mm-hmm. So lengthening. We want to lengthen. We don't want everything to get short. That's when scar tissue develops and so forth. So mobility is a factor. When mobility is there, because we've brought, say it's an acute injury, which means it just happened. We've got to bring the swelling down. We've got to do some things in that uh, passive uh, modality um, you know, list, if you will, uh, to get the swelling down, to get them pain relief and so forth. Once that's done, let's go after it. You know, let's, let's get, uh, mobility going. Let's get range of motion going. If they can handle it, then let's start doing like isometric contractions are, are helping the muscle contract. So if I'm just, I have my arm out and I just flex my bicep and I hold it, that's an isometric contraction. I'm not moving any of the joints. I'm just flexing the muscle Mm -hmm. or contracting it. That's just gonna start stimulating the brain and the muscle to start working again. And then once I go through that phase and I feel, as a therapist, I feel good about it, then we'll start incorporating range of motion and putting resistance in there. And then you're starting to rebuild the muscle. And then you get the neurological component, which when we have an injury, we tend to lose certain pathways. So we have to rebuild those pathways. That's where, you know, if somebody has you on an exercise ball, just balancing or standing on a, a half moon exercise mm-hmm. ball, trying to, trying to balance, it's called neuromuscular facilitation. You're trying to neurologically repair the pathways. The brain in those areas have to communicate and they forget how when an injury happens. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. But so we have to go through these phases of mobility, then isometric, then what they call isotonic, full range of motion with resistance. Then we have to neuromuscularly facilitate. There's a plan that's developed by the therapist that know, obviously knows what they're doing, but those are the standards. That's mm-hmm. like a standard way to do it. The passive modalities that we mentioned before are really where you can win the battle. Mm-hmm. Getting the hyperbarics in, you know, if stem cells or exosomes are a part of it, or chiro or rehab or acupuncture, um, you know, you're you're basically saying, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at everything and anything, and I'm gonna put a plan together to where I can maximize the heck out of this, as well as internally. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna eat this way. I'm gonna take these supplements. I'm gonna clean up everything, get better blood flow, etc. And that in the totality of the plan is really how you're going to win the battle and quicker. And it sounds like too, there's so many options. There's so many things we can do. There's some things that are basically free to do like icing. There's some things that are pretty low cost. I mean, there's now there's very affordable red light devices you can get for home. You know, some of these things that you can do in office are pretty affordable. Insurance might even cover them. Absolutely. And then you get to the little more extensive things, maybe, um, hyperbarics yeah, gets right. a little pricey. Stem right. cells, of course, is going to be a little pricier. So I guess my question is, yeah. what? <laughs> how do you even decide yeah. what, what to do? Do you sort of go, okay, what's what are some things I can do daily at home? Definitely. What's something I could do maybe weekly in the office? Sure. It is, uh, I think it's dependent upon the severity of the injury, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's definitely uh, number one. Because if it's a minor injury, 
your body does have the capability to heal. And, and there's less that, that if you say some, I saw somebody, I'd say, all right, let's do a little stretching. Let's do a little uh, exercise. Let's do this. Let's do that. You'll be fine. And then if I have somebody that really is banged up uh, and a more severe injury, say a, a torn ACL of the knee, now we have to, we have to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So either they're going to have to be more aggressive coming to a place to get therapy or, and I always encourage this, whatever they can do at home, right? Your coach has probably told you as an athlete, like, I'm going to teach you out here, but if you can work extra at home, you're going to be way better out here, but even quicker, mm-hmm. right? You've mm-hmm. been told that probably well, yeah, It times. was always work extra on the field so we can see you and then stay late after practice and yeah. then come early to practice. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and their, their mentality was, you'll be better, quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Injuries are the same thing. So whatever, uh, if somebody's going to get therapy, for instance, the more they can do at home and devote to it, the quicker they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And that's why the athletes do respond. They're sometimes spending six to eight hours a day on recovery. Mm-hmm. All these things that I mentioned, they're doing hyperbaric potentially twice a day, seven days a week, wow, right? Okay. So that that's a whole other part of it. So with uh, us as lay people, right, I'll call it, we just, we go, okay, all these things, what can I do? How much can I do it? And then again, it, it'll depend on the severity of the injury, number one, and the time you can devote, number two, and then number three, the money you can mm-hmm. spend, whether insurance are covered, will cover it or not. So again, like filling up the tub with hot water. Once the injury is kind of, you know, maybe a little bit better, we can go hot and then we can ice. So we can do hot and cold. Mm-hmm. So heat will open up the blood vessels to bring more fluid, more blood flow, more iron, more oxygen to the tissue. Then we ice it, which constricts it, which pushes the fluid out. So it acts like a natural pump. We can Mm -hmm. go heat and ice and heat and ice. And then we can mobilize on our own. Like we can do stretching. We can do range of motion techniques. You know, if I had a knee that is just not bending well, well, somebody could sit in a chair and pull their knee, you know, like flex their knee, pull Mm -hmm. their shin towards them and just try to stretch that leg out or that knee out. And then we can put it flat and try to push down on it. There's techniques that we could show. It's hard here because yeah, we, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't have, <laughs> we don't we don't really have an injury. We're just speculating. Yeah, but yeah. there's definitely things that could be done at home, whether it's hot or cold therapy, uh, mobilization, stretching. You could get your um, your red light therapies that are a lot cheaper. Um, scraping is another one, right? So that's a new one. It's almost like a knife, a butter knife, but not really without the serrated yeah, edges. Yeah, yeah. And what they do is they just put oil on the skin and they just start scraping the muscle. They might go with the muscle. They might go cross fiber. You can do a a lot of different things. But the beautiful thing is with something like that, YouTube now is like, it's the best thing ever. You're like, okay, I can can Google rapid recovery and come up with like a few things at home to do. Yeah. And I always say anything's better than nothing. Right. Right. And now now the listeners have a good long list. Yeah. Of okay, here are a lot of options. And like yeah. you said, what what can I afford to do daily? What can I afford to maybe do weekly? Yep. Monthly? What is my timeline? Am that's I right. is there like a deadline that I'm really trying to recover by? Maybe I have an event or a yeah, wedding or it, something. That's exactly right. All all those thing all those variables matter as to how much you want to do, how fast you want to do it, how aggressive you want to be. And I think the other factor in this is really finding a practitioner who, when you say, what can I do at home? Yep. 
they're actually giving you things yeah and they're addressing nutrition they're addressing supplementation they're addressing treatments they're not just saying yeah go home and ice and you'll recover in six months right (laughs) i think i think the practitioners that understand this well and and i i'll put myself in the category because i'm also a patient right i mean i've i've been athletically i've been through injuries galore i've studied it so i'm on both sides of the Mm -hmm. fence and then I then because of that curiosity for my own self, I learn all these different things that I can then pass on. So it's like that saying takes one to know one. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, right? It's one thing to study from a book and then study in school. But if you've never done it, it's really hard, in my opinion, to truly understand what the patient might be going through and the struggles and the mental part of it, too. Injuries can mentally you know, even our the lay people, yeah. they're just depressed a lot of times. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got to do this, and I'm going through this, and the pains a lot, and all that. So yeah. there's there's a lot of components to it that I think if somebody's if somebody is intentional about their curiosity, mm-hmm. right, because they want to help somebody get better because they've gone through it. It's like putting the shoe on the other foot. We were talking about this before the podcast. If I could put the shoe on the other foot. That means I'm going to do my due diligence and study to make sure I'm prepared for when somebody comes in, mm-hmm. right? That's the that's the key. And then so all these different things, it's like a list that we can come up with and say, okay, can you do this? No, no problem. Can you do this? Can you do that? So it starts with me personally on metabolically, let me do three things for you. Let me change your diet. Let me make sure you're probably intermittent fasting is something that I love on a low level. If they can do it, if they can't, no problem. And then on the third aspect, what supplementation can I recommend, right? So Mm -hmm. probably a segue here. Yeah. But those are three things right off the bat. What can I do to help them metabolically? And then the second part is what can I do passively right now based on where they're at? And then what can I do actively once they're ready? Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a very uh, strategic formula based on each individual where they're at in the process. And then you just go, okay, week one and two, we're gonna do this. Week three, four, and five, we're gonna do this. Week six, seven, and eight, we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. And then at home, you're gonna do this. Yeah. And I just, I, I love that you're really honing in on the importance of that internal terrain. And so, Huge. yeah, on that note, let's dive into supplementation. Yeah. Yep. So, sure. you know, inflammation, and we hone on this, not just for injuries, chronic disease, but it's my go-tos. So, They're you know, reducing go-tos. the inflammation, but then also I think if we're trying to heal, making sure our body has the nutrients. That's right. And the minerals and all of the building blocks to yeah. do that. Yeah. If I if I had my, like the optimal, right? I do a Nutri-Val. A Nutri-Val is through uh, uh, Genova Diagnostics. A lot of the patients that are listening probably have had the test because Keneally loves the test, which I, I love that she loves it. And then SpectraCell also has one. It basically is looking for your vitamins, minerals, B vitamins, antioxidants. I mean, it's looking, it's a 12-page report that basically tells you where you are metabolically. Mm-hmm. That's probably a great step for anybody because, again, from a healing standpoint, we need certain nutrients to be able to heal. We need to be healthy, mm-hmm. quite frankly, to be able to heal, to optimize that. So that is a, is a great step, right? And then, again, going through the foods to eliminate and then, uh, you know, maybe some intermittent fasting because that does aid recovery. And then the supplements, mm-hmm. right? So supplements, anti-inflammatory. Curcumin or turmeric is definitely high on my list. Uh, resveratrol. So resveratrol is the polyphenols found in the skins of red grapes. So just generally, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams of turmeric 
curcumin. If you hear those two words, they're interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Turmeric is that Indian powder, Indian spice powder. The curcumin is the active form of what creates the anti-inflammatory benefit. So you might hear those interchangeable. It, studies have been shown that combined with resveratrol, which is found in the skins of red grapes, which is found in wine. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you can drink wine, right? Dang it, I know, come right? on. That's every, I always have to preface it because I, I see the yeah, ladies Yeah, the alcohol like, oh, is just like completely counteracting yeah, any counteracting sort of for sure. <laughs> so, so the resveratrol, about 250 milligrams, the, the turmeric at about 1500 milligrams a day. Your omega-3s are critical to the process, right? Your vitamin D critical to the process. And omega-3s, if you're injured, probably 3000 milligrams a day would be a really good, um, it's high dose. But again, what we're trying to get out yes. of it is 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 the anti-inflammatory and increase the injury uh, potential or healing potential for the injury. Vitamin D, 5,000 is probably pretty good a day. And then I really like glutathione as well. Glutathione, maybe 250 to 500 uh, milligrams a day. And then the final one I would put in there is probably quercetin. Quercetin is a natural antihistamine. Okay. So uh, there's a product like I use uh, from Orthomolecular. Uh, it's called Dehist. It has quercetin and some other things in it that help it absorb and break down better. But those are a really good like foundation. The one thing I will add to that because of its ability to to help collagen production is vitamin C. Oh, so okay. a lot of my patients, I'll tell them to come in and get the vitamin C drips because of the ability to help collagen production. And so if they can't do the, the, the IVs, I'll have them do like Vitality C that we have at the store, 4,000 milligrams a day or four grams a day. And I think that's another really good add, mm -hmm. add on to it. And then it sounds like you do that Nutri-Eval if there are key deficiencies. That's exactly We're right. definitely going to be supplementing with those. That's exactly right. But that is so, so refined, of course. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, the the Nutri-Eval really... Um, definitely refines what we have to look at and where we have to address. But the NutriVal also helps us with gut health too. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I point out with the NutriVal, a lot of times there's low levels of X, Y, or Z and patients are taking them. Then I look at their gut and it's super bad. Mm -hmm. So the digestive system is so paramount to all of this because if I'm taking all this good stuff, whether it's foods and or supplementation, but I'm not able to break it down, absorb it or assimilate it, then the NutriVal is gonna show, show something like that. Mm -hmm. So then I have to go, okay, I don't need to give you more stuff, I need to fix your gut. Yeah. Right, so it, gets, it does get a little, I guess, uh, technical or, or in the weeds a little, but again, we're, we're trying to do it um, to maximize the healing potential. So that's the conversation that I have with the patient. Yeah. Hey, how deep do you wanna go here? Yeah. Because we can go as deep as you want to, and to really maximize your healing potential the right way. Mm -hmm. The way that I would do it for myself, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, whomever. I would do it for everybody that way because it's thorough. The thoroughness of the plan creates consistent outcomes. Mm -hmm. That's the way my brain works. Yeah, you know, I, I, just, I just want it that way for the patient. <laughs> now, sometimes that's too much for them. I totally understand. It's okay. We'll, we'll adapt right to where the patient's at. I always say meet the patient where they're at. Mm -hmm. I'll give them the best of the best, but sometimes like can't do that. Okay, no problem. Let's figure out what you can. Yeah. So two last things. Yeah. First, because I think you really hit on a really key part of this earlier, talking about the aspect of mental health when you're injured, you're in so much pain. And I absolutely believe, especially with injuries, there's a time and a place for painkillers, maybe no even question. heavy painkillers after a surgery. But 
I think it would be really interesting if you could share some other alternative options to support pain reduction that that someone could use maybe in addition to the painkillers or you know yeah. as soon as you feel like you don't need the painkillers here's some other options you can use to reduce yeah. that pain i i think the pain relievers are the anti-inflammatory so what i just mentioned okay they're they're the biggies now there's topicals right they're like glutathione comes in a cream uh, oxycell from apex energetics has a cream i have people say i have an autoimmune thyroid patient i'll have them rub glutathione right on their thyroid to reduce the inflammation mm-hmm. on their thyroid i'll have them rub it on their knees i'll have it rubbing on whatever area needs a little bit of anti-inflammatory we'll do that and then there's topicals you know the icy hots and things like that and there's different botanicals that um, are in cream form that can really help with with lowering the pain Mm -hmm. because it's some of natural analgesics and then lowering the inflammation too okay now it all depends on how severe the pain is as to how much they will actually work. So that's where you could use those. You could try to reduce the inflammation internally. You can do your passive techniques as much as possible to help reduce the inflammation, which in turn will reduce the pain. Um, But it it really depends. And then there's NSAIDs, right? Your ibuprofens and your, gosh, some people even need a little bit of light morphine because of the pain. I'm 100% okay with that as long as that's not the only plan. Mm-hmm. Some people, that's all they do. They mm-hmm. just go, I'll take the pain relief. My body will heal it. Well, long term, just obviously, this is, that's not good because there's, there's formulas that create the outcomes. Tissue lengthening, mobility, things like that are critical for long-term success and to help reduce the pain. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this there's this um, study that came out that even with car accident cases that um, did everything right went through mobility series right away went to light it like chiropractic light adjustment did massage work did a lot of these modalities forty percent still end up with chronic pain wow because of the tissue damage and the inability to heal and a lot of times there's new nerve fibers that innervate an area that's injured that up to are up to a thousand times more sensitive. Wow. The, the term they'll use, big, huge term called denervation supersensitivity, right? If those, nerve, those new nerve or those new receptors are a thousand times more sensitive, this is where somebody could get, you know, barometric pressure when the weather changes. They know the, weather's, <laughs> the rain's coming uh-huh. and their knee hurts. That's very real based on the inappropriate healing or the, mm. or the poor healing that has taken place. But even if you do everything right, there's still that chance. So when I tell patients that, I say, look, do everything you can to minimize that chance. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than chronicity, mm-hmm. right? Than having a chronic problem because we didn't do the due diligence on the rehab process. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. So that's where I'm even more passionate, I guess, or adamant. Like, don't let yourself get there. Mm-hmm. When I worked in the hospital in the 90s, that was my eye opener right? I saw patients that just didn't, didn't really do and then ended up. But then when, they, when we did surgery and they did do the right things, they healed so quickly. So again, you see the formula not work and then you see the formula work and you go, oh, you got to do this. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So Well, and I think it's, you know, again, there's a time and a place for the NSAIDs and maybe even yes. the heavy painkillers, but it's important to know that those are disrupting our gut microbiome. Sure. They can reduce nutrient absorption. So they solve one problem, they create yeah. another. So but, again, sometimes that trade-off is worth it. Absolutely. And But just to be aware of, 
if I Short have to term. take painkillers, I'm like, how quickly that's, that's can a, I get off of that's this? That's exactly right. And what can I do to support my body so that I can get off of it faster? That's the key. So it's, it's just like anything here in the integrative world, right? I tell patients, look, I'm going to look at everything and I'm going to supply a Band-Aid because I want you to feel better, right? That's, that's the understanding. You came to me because you want to feel better. That's the short-term goal. So I'll do whatever it is necessary to get that. However, here's the long-term plan. And as long as we do that, then the Band-Aid becomes obsolete. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to make mm-hmm. sure we do. Yeah. And, and when I explain that, the patient's like, perfect. Yeah. Right? This guy listened to me. He understands that I'm in pain. He understands what I need. But he also understands what I need long-term. And, yeah. and, he, and it's, it's a, the ability to articulate that plan long-term that mm-hmm. I think is, is critical to the process as well. Okay, so last question. Yeah. And then I promise I'll let you no, go. No, no, no. No, I'm good. I love this stuff. <laughs> so... I want to talk about sleep yeah, and the importance of sleep in the healing process. Sure. What, what does sleep even have to do with yeah. healing? Yeah, I'll tell you the number one, like by far the number one. When we, studies clearly show this. If we get to sleep around 10 p.m. and, and we're in a 10 to 6 cycle, 6 a.m., right? Around 1 or 2 p.m. is where major... 1 uh, or 2 a.m. or p.m.? Yeah, uh, 1 or 2 a.m. A.m., okay. Yep, so, so say I get to bed at 10, around 1 or 2 a.m., mm-hmm in the morning, a surge of growth hormone is produced by the pituitary gland. It's just, they studied it, it's just that three or four hours after falling asleep, but it's around that one or two time frame. So if I'm getting to bed 12 or one, I'm missing that, oh, right? Wow. So the growth hormone is your major repair hormone. So the sleep, this is the number one factor, right? The sleep, if I'm in that nice cycle and I'm getting eight hours and I'm 10, you know, it doesn't have to be perfectly at 10, but around that 10 to six time frame um, is where you're going to see the most growth hormone produced, which will help repair. And that's everyday life too. We need to repair mm-hmm. from the day. And so growth hormone elevation is going to help the healing process significantly. But then you get, when you're in the this sleep deprivation cycle, if you will, even if it's five hours and four hours or six hours at the end of the day end of the couple days end of the week there's going to be a deprivation there and that deprivation is definitely going to change your biochemistry in a bad way Mm. i mean your your cortisol and insulin uh some of these hormones thyroid and and your sex hormones are going to be affected by that those are all very much necessary for your healing too so it goes back to that metabolic environment. We want that as clean as we possibly mm-hmm. can. Sleep is going to help create that. The growth hormone just happens to be a big, big deal in healing. So I point that out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm so glad. I wanted to make sure we fit that in there because I think that's one that we often miss. It's a piece of the puzzle that we miss in a lot of aspects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No question. And And, and honestly, we do go back to basics here where it's, you know, proper water intake and proper sleep and making sure we have proper diet and exercise stuff you hear all the time. So let's not forget the big rocks and the most important, which are just the basics, right? Mm -hmm. Just those basics. And then we can get into the weeds a little bit with the passive modalities and active modalities and things like that. But even if you just did the basics, right? Uh, you're going to do a lot better than not. Mm -hmm. And then we can add a little bit of mobility, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it'll just increase your chances. Somebody wants to go 100 miles an hour, all the things we talked about, that's it. If somebody can only go 20, we'll figure it out. But do the basics for sure. Yes. Sleep, water, exercise, good food intake, 
you'll definitely yeah. help yourself. I mean, there really is, like you say, there's a formula, there's a roadmap, there and is. we are one center that is so happy and excited to provide that roadmap yeah. for patients. And just so grateful that we have people like yourself here, practitioners like yourself to to lay it out so clearly. Yeah, I love it. Yep, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, I, uh, I, I would want it that way for myself, honestly. And so that's the way I think. 100%. Think, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Roney. Absolutely. Anytime.